So, session 12, we've come all that way. Session 12, where are you heading? And I want to start right at the beginning by asking you a question. And you might think it's a bit premature, because I am going to be think- want you to think about your goals for next year. Now, you probably think, oh, what, you know, resolutions and all that sort of thing. I don't do that till after Christmas. Have you noticed how many things we say, I'll do that after Christmas? gets to about September and everything that comes up, we say, I'll do that after Christmas. And this is probably one of those things. What am I going to do next year? What is next year going to be the goal for my life? If you think about it at all, I expect you'd be thinking, after Christmas. Well, no, I want you to think about it this morning. I'm going to encourage you to think about it this morning. So, I ask you, what is your goal for the next year? What will bring you satisfaction? What, when you get to the end of next year and you look back, what will you feel satisfied if you've achieved? What will bring you deep satisfaction? I wonder. And ask you another question. Two questions. Come on, Heather. Two questions right at the start. I'm making you work hard. But if you were to find that the goals that you, that you had for your life were not the same as God's goals for your life, would you be prepared to change them? Hmm? I wonder. Well, I've got good news for you, actually, because a lot of these um, resolutions we make, goals we set, we don't make, do we? We don't, we don't achieve them. But the thing is, the goals that God has for your life for next year, and one in particular I'm going to share with you, is totally achievable. You are fully equipped to do it. So I guess my question to you is, if God's goal for your life is something that you can really do, and you can get to the end of next year and think, yes, I've gone some way down that road, are you willing to take it on board? I hope so. I hope you will be. So I wonder what you're aiming for. I wonder what, I've been thinking a bit about what people aim for in life. And it's quite, it's quite amusing, actually, to, to, when you begin to think about this and, and think about what makes people tick and what they think they're going to get satisfaction from. I don't know if you saw this in the paper. Uh, this was in the East Anglian yesterday. Sam's soap bubble wobbles to a record. I like this article. This is why I read the East Anglian, for things like this. Um, a bubbleologist, I think that's what it says, squeezed 50 schoolchildren inside a soap bubble yesterday, breaking the world record in the process. Fantastic. So he was at the Science Museum. So I guess that was his goal, certainly for this week. So that's, that obviously makes him tick, floats his boat. Um, I guess Steve McLaren, I had to mention him, I'm sorry. I guess he had a goal at the start of the week. For those of you looking blank, he, he's, the, um, he's the, the England manager who... Yeah, OK, he was the England manager who crashed to a home defeat against Croatia this week. I guess he did have a goal. Not enough of them, actually, but... Um, <laughs> um, he had a goal to, to, to win the European Championships. Maybe it didn't reach that far. Maybe it was just to qualify. But anyway, he failed, didn't he? So, you know, I guess he's not finding satisfaction in his goal. Um, Dawn French said something recently, which is, which is interesting. She said, it's hard, isn't it? Finding the thing that rocks your boat, that makes life worth living. Shopping. I think so. Chocolate and winning the cup comes high up on the list of things. But do they feed the soul? 
She hit something there, didn't she? Russell Brand. Oh, so he's been in the, in, in the, the paper a lot recently, hasn't he? And on the telly. He's um, a, he's a pers- television and radio personality. And he said this. Oh. <laughs> he said this. All of us, I think, have a vague idea that we're missing something. Some say that it's God. That, and, that, and, that, that all the longing we feel is God. We feel longing for, be it a lover, a football team or a drug, is merely an inappropriate substitute for the longing we're supposed to feel for God, for oneness, for truth. Now this guy has tried everything. He talks openly about his addiction to heroin, his dependence on drugs, sex, fame, fortune. But what has he found? Nothing. All that he's found is a deeper understanding that he longs for more and he can't fulfil it. So what's your goal? What, what, what direction are you reaching? How are you reaching out to fill that deep longing deep inside? And if you're not sure, you can always go to www. What's this say? Mindtools.com, and they'll tell you what your goal should be. You can fill in a questionnaire, and you can, all sorts of things they'll tell you what your goal should be and how to achieve it. But they don't say that you're fully equipped to do it the way that I'm going to say, that you're fully equipped to meet the goals that God has for you. Or you can go to, this was my favourite, www.topachievement.com. Powerful written goals in seven easy steps. (laughs) Total satisfaction online. Fantastic. But you know, we know, don't we, that these sorts of goals never find deep, we never find deep fulfilling satisfaction in them. And Oscar Wilde said, not that everything he said was right, but this is quite interesting. Oscar Wilde said, in this world there are only two great tragedies. Tragedies. I guess Steve McLaren might disagree, but only two great tragedies. One is not getting what one wants, and the other is getting it. The last is the real tragedy. Because, you know, even when we get what we want doesn't satisfy us, does it? It doesn't satisfy that deep, deep longing, deep within. And Simon, made a, Simon Harris made a, an observation when he got back from Mozambique the other week. He said about those, those people there, the people there and their happy, smiling faces and the joy that radiates from them. He said, how come they are so happy when they have so little and we are so discontent when we have so much? a good question. And if we're not careful, dissatisfaction can become a way of life that we just come to accept and believe and get on with it. But it doesn't have to be like that. It really doesn't have to be like that. But I think some of you might be thinking, oh, come on, Heather, you underestimate us. We do listen to Simon, you know, and we know that you don't get satisfaction through things from this world. We know that it comes from God. So I expect you're thinking that your goals are much more godly than any of these. You might have these, this sort of thing in your repertoire of goals for next year. Perhaps you want to be the perfect parent. I know I do. Wouldn't you like to have the perfect home where everyone has perfect table manners... Everyone reads the Bible and studies every day together as a family. No one eats watching telly. Everyone eats around the table, making polite and interesting conversation about each other's lives. 
Wouldn't that be wonderful? And that's great. I'm not knocking it. Don't misunderstand me. But maybe that's a goal you have for your life. Great. But uh, let's just go with me for a little bit longer. Perhaps next year your goal is to attend all the maturity courses at Burlington. Oh, and Redeeming Eve as well. And The Caring Way. You could probably just about fit them all in. Not only attend them, but also put into practice everything you learnt. Great, fantastic goal. Maybe that's you. Much more godly than Dawn French, of course. Maybe you're going to take on board absolutely everything that Julie Kite teaches us tonight and into the coming year. You're going to really go for winning your friends for Jesus. I hope so. I intend to do that too. I'm not knocking it. But don't depend on these goals to bring that total satisfaction. Just bear with me a bit longer and I'll tell you why. Maybe you want to get on in your career, not because you're ambitious or because you want to do well from a worldly point of view, but because you want to earn lots more money so you can give lots more money to BMS, Samaritan's Purse. Maybe that's it. And that's a great goal to have too. The trouble is with all these goals, they're great to have and let's go for them all if you've got the energy. But they rely on other people playing ball, don't they? We can't ourselves make our family perfect. We can't ourselves have polite conversation at the table while everyone else is running right all over the, over the house and insisting on watching EastEnders, can we? Whether we get that next promotion and earn more money to be able to give money to the poor depends on who else is in for it. depends on how you get on with your boss. It depends on how hard you work, how you prove yourself, doesn't it? I know God can do all this stuff, but actually when it comes down to ourselves, we often set goals that we're unlikely to achieve ourselves because we rely on ourselves, don't we? So anyway, don't stop doing all of these things. They're great. But don't rely on them fully to give you the deep satisfaction that we all long for. So... What is God's goal for us? Well, I can tell you that God's goal is the best thing for us. It really touches that spot deep within us all that sometimes we find and we know is unfulfilled. That spot which makes us strive and strive for the next big thing. I know when I was in my job at County Council, for me, you've heard me talk about the fact that it was always striving for the next promotion. I'd get one promotion and I'd think, right, what's next? What do I have to do to get the next, the next step up, the next promotion, the next level of responsibility? That's what it was for me. Never brought me any measure of satisfaction at all. God's goal for us is entirely achievable. It's the best thing. It hits that spot. And it's very clear. Also, a good thing about it is, and I am going to tell you what it is, the, good thing, the best thing about it is that it is achievable whatever our circumstances. Because with all these goals we've talked about, they depend on external circumstances, don't they? And some of us have a really rough time in life. Rough things happen to good people. And we can be in a really tough situation. And you might think, how can I achieve anything for God when I'm so downtrodden, so unhappy, so unconfident? So ill-equipped. But God's goal for your life, for God's goal for your life, you are fully equipped. That's a good news, isn't it? That's the sort of goal I want. And this is what it is. 
God's goal for your life is to become the person he made you to be. And we can all make progress in that over the next year. We can all become the person God wants us to be by allowing him to work in us. It's not by us striving, it's not by us reaching for the next step all the time, it's by us letting God work in our lives to become the person God wants us to be. This is the only thing that will hit that spot. What does it look like? What does it look like to become the person God wants us to be? Well, you recognise the uh, gifts, the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians. And... um, We're familiar with them, aren't we? Sometimes I think we're a little bit too familiar with them. Do you remember that little chorus that went, um, I'm sure some of you will, some of you are too young, but, um, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Remember that? And it's great, but, but it seems a bit twee to me. It feels like they're sort of nice qualities that we could all aspire to, which is, this is fine, but it's not enough. What God wants for us in our lives is so much more. This is life-changing stuff. And what we find is when people, when people go on with God and break, through, break out of some of their old insecurities and break through into a new experience of God, we find that these, trans, these qualities transcend all areas of life, whatever the circumstances. But... Also, there's more than this. People report feeling that they break free from old insecurities. They shake off some of that lack of self-confidence and self-worth. They begin to believe that they can be that person God wants them to be. There's a new level of connection in prayer, a new living relationship with God. Do you know some people even say that when they get closer to God, they experience Joy that is so deep within that there's a laughter that wells up from that deep spot right inside that wells up like a rippling brook. And they laugh and experience joy like they've never known before. It's a wonderful thing. So this is what I'd have you have as your goal. This is what is going to be my goal for next year. It's to reach out to be the person God wants us to be. Yes, and, these, and the fruits of the Spirit are indicators that we're on the right track. But never settle. Never settle for what you have. Wherever you are in your Christian life and whatever your experience so far, there is more. So much more. So not only is this a goal for next year, but it's a goal for the year after and the year after. Of course it is, until we get to heaven. And there will be more and more for us to know and experience of God. In in Philippians, Paul says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So whatever your, your circumstances, whatever's happening to you, this goal in life is the one to cling to. It's the one that you can get on with, whatever's happening in your life. So, I know what you're thinking. At least I would be if I was sitting there. It's, how do we do it? Okay, Hev, sounds great. How do we do it? It's not easy. I think the first step we have to take is to decide that we're really going to go for it. 
And probably it's unlikely that we'll be able to just decide that once. For me, anyway, I have to decide every day. Yes, Lord, take my life today. Make me into what you want me to be today. It's a decision I have to make over and over again because I slip back. I start thinking, oh, maybe I should have stuck with my career. Maybe if I attended more courses, I might get better. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe. No, I have to stop and think, no. I, Father God, I decide to follow you. I decide to make your goal top priority for my life. I've put abandonment there. What I mean by that is the key thing is to abandon ourselves to God. Abandon all those things that we cling to and submit to God. Say, whatever it takes, Lord, whatever it takes, I abandon myself and give my life to you. For some of us, that will mean some gritty, some gritty challenges, you know. It might mean that you have to do stuff you hadn't thought you would. It might mean giving up that job. It might mean doing something that you hadn't planned to do. It might mean taking on something that you've put off for many years but know you ought to do, like being baptised, maybe. It might be a difficult step that you're asked to do. But if you're serious about this, about becoming the person that God wants you to be, about achieving that goal, then it is going to be tough at some times. Certainly it will mean prayer and Bible study and that discipline that we talk about over and over again. We talk about it in the maturity course, don't we? And Simon often talks about it here. We're going to need to pray a lot. We're going to need to read our Bible every day and put it into practice. So there's all that stuff too that we're familiar with but we're not always good at doing. Notice also, you know I said just then about it being a decision. First, it's a decision. This is what I'm going to go for. This is what's going to be my top priority. If you, if, going back to that, um, Paul said in that, in that Philippians verses that I read, notice he said, I have learned the secret of being content. I have learned it. So he chose to take it on board. And I think that's what we need to do too. But then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I was talking through what I was going to say to you with Phil, he said, you have to be careful that you don't make it sound as if this is just another goal that we have to achieve to be like God. What I want to say really clearly is that actually God does the work in us. We don't have to make it happen. We just have to open ourselves up to his work in us. We do have to be disciplined about prayer and Bible study and make that commitment. But he makes it happen. He doesn't just make give us more joy, more love, more peace, but he wipes away those deep insecurities and helps us to stand on the rock. Okay, so just to emphasise that really, the, the main thing is abandoning ourselves, being wanting, desiring God to work in us. And in Matthew we read, don't we, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And I think that's really the key. Want it. Want this goal in your life. Decide, for, decide it's what you want. Go for it. And know that God changes lives. So, what will your goal be for next year? God has a goal for your life. Choose that one. Let the goal for your life, for next year and beyond, be something that's achievable. 
Don't choose something that's going to frustrate you to build your life on, to let you down. Choose something that's achievable, that you're fully equipped for. It's not about what you do, it's about who you are. So, let your goal be to become the person God made you to be. You're fully equipped to achieve it. Will you stand with me and we'll pray that God will help us. If, you really, if, if this is what you want, pray with me. If it's not really what you want, then pray for the person next to you. <laughs> but let's pray. Father God, we confess that our goals are not always the same as yours for our life. We have not always sought your face and your will for our lives above all else. We have spent time and energy looking for satisfaction in what the world has to offer or by putting the wrong things at the top of our priority list. Forgive us. Forgive us for that. Help us to know what it means, what it really means, to hunger and thirst after righteousness and to be filled by your Holy Spirit as you promise. There's a line in this next song that says, Let your heart beat be my heart's cry, and let me live to serve your call. Let this be the prayer of each of us. Lord, show us how to make this cry from our heart and to truly live for you. Standing in your presence, my heart and life are changed.